Hello there, and thank you for listening. Without further ado, I am going to bring you straight into our weekly production industry happy hour number eight, episode 105. Hey, Marcel, did you see that Live Events Coalition video they just posted? I did, and has everyone seen that? If you haven't, I'm happy to share it, but it's... It's a very sad, very somber, very real video that they posted. Very informative. Like, it I is. Think for somebody who doesn't get our industry, like, <laughs> you get it. Yeah. But for somebody who's in our industry, you, you just want to, like, punch yeah. a hole in the wall. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, it's just a very, uh, very real video. I'm, I'm happy to... Uh, you know, I try to include at least the interesting ones that you guys send me. I try and include them on the uh, on the email that I send out after this chat. So, but I do recommend sending it to your congressmen, your senators, anyone who doesn't get what we do. Post it on Facebook, yeah. share it. Well, speaking of that, and I actually maybe I'll wait for a minute until uh, a more people come on because I want to make sure that uh, that we talk about this with as many possible people as we can. Um, so I'll just wait a minute. Seeing some happy drinking faces. This is pretty exciting. Cheers, all. Hey, Christian. Hey. Hey, dude, uh, I got your sweatshirt. Thank you. Awesome. Glad yeah, you're it's rad. Comfy, Super cozy. Cool. Super comfy, too. Christian Jackson has taken a moment out of his incredibly busy YouTube life and I, I joined us. I just stopped streaming five minutes ago to hop on. That is incredible. It's incredible. I'd like to know where these 50,000 followers that you have come from. Most of them from like uh, Germany and the UK. Yeah. Is Christian's that for real? incredible work, man. Really? <laughs> yeah, he's really smashing it. Yeah. No, I mean, his stuff is, his stuff is yeah. amazing. And, you know, when he was on my podcast, uh, I don't remember what it was, I think on Instagram or something, it got posted on Instagram and boom, all of a sudden we had like 300 likes or whatever, just because Christian was tagged on it. So I appreciate that. I should have you on every week. You're great for my numbers. <laughs> it, has a, it has a diminishing result. It's, it's, it has a half-life. You do age down the, uh, the geezers thing though. So I got to be careful. <laughs> Yeah, it's hard to call it geezers of gear when you have Christian Jackson on the on the show. <laughs> That's what I said well, when you we asked me to do it a long time ago. I was like, I "Yeah, geezer yet?" <laughs> yeah, but I've had sooner, and I've had uh, uh, who else? Tiffany, I I, and I will be the youngest. Yes, there you go. Hey, much respect to Christian for reaching out and helping so many people. You know. I keep coming across LDs who say, oh, no, I need to keep my secrets to myself. You think, no, that's <laughs> totally not what you want to do. <laughs> you want to yeah, show I that. mean, I think there's, there's a certain value in, in providing yeah. a, a workflow, not necessarily, you know, secrets per se, yeah. but um, 
giving people options to see others workflow, I think helps expand your own. Yeah. Yeah. Christian, could you, could you share the link to wherever you post these videos in the chat? Um, yeah. Yeah. One second. I'll post the YouTube link and then. Cool. Sorry. Mm -hmm. I don't mean to, I'm not trying to. Hi, Jack. Yeah. All good. It's all good. That's other, what really this is for. So. And the other question I had is, can you explain the ultimate lighting shootout to everybody? <laughs> Do you want me to explain it real quick? Yeah. yeah. Could you? Okay. So essentially, uh, Colin Stenzel and I kind of co-conspired, I guess you could say, to uh, create some sort of fundraiser that we thought would be more interesting than just like, hey, we're raising money for this random thing. Here's a link to donate if you want to donate. Uh, we wanted to make it something where everybody could kind of come together and do something fun that maybe we've all you know, either wanted to or maybe not even known we wanted to do, which is uh, blow up a bunch of shitty old lights that have no real function other than taking up space in the shop. Um, so we have a couple of sponsors from, from various vendors across the US who have contributed their, their old worn out pieces of equipment um, to go down the firing range. And uh, we'll be live streaming it, be full multicam set up. And um, you can tune in and just watch, you know, that's always fun. Or uh, if you'd like to, to chip in, uh, we're donating all the, the proceeds from that stream to the, uh, the Live Nation Crew Nation Relief Fund. That's awesome. And when is it? I'm sorry, I didn't hear it's that this part. Sunday. It's this, this Sunday. Sunday. Yep. Cool. And I think Matt, didn't Matt Roths donate a bunch of gear or video gear or something like that? Um, um, I'd have to look. Collins has been coordinating a lot of the, uh, the, no the donation stuff, and I've been coordinating the promotion and getting the word out. I think there so, was a post on Facebook, and I thought he mentioned his company. Yeah. And maps yeah. usually on this group chat. So that's really like the big difference between audio and lighting is you know, lighting takes their old gear to the firing range and shoots it to pieces, <laughs> and audio puts it on eBay and asks way too much money for it. <laughs> Dude, it's classic yep. vintage analog. No, it was a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. Back in college, we used to roof test all the old Cleveland Fernells. So we'd go on to the the roof of the uh, theater, which is like 75 foot fly loft. And we just start tossing old Klegel Fresnels into the dumpster and see if they'd survive. And strangely, the Klegels survive. Nice, good times. Thanks for the link, Christian. Yeah, I'll post the, the shootout, the direct- uh, Oh yeah. The direct link for the shootout as well. Please, yeah, perfect. So that's Sunday time-ish. Uh, it's 10 a.m. Pacific, which I believe is 1700 uh, Greenwich Mean Time. So it's a it's a uh, a, a multi-hemisphere event. So you can watch it in the evening if you're in Europe, or in the morning if you're in the U.S. And I assume you're recording it and putting it on YouTube as well. Uh, it's kind of tricky with the terms of service. We had to make sure that everything we're doing abides by the different terms of service between different uh, platforms. So YouTube. It's kind of tenuous right now. Um, Twitch is going to be where we're, where we're doing the live stream and then it'll be recorded. So once we find a, a proper place for it, it'll be uploaded for everyone to watch later too. Excellent, excellent. So a couple things I wanted to cover. First, um, I, I received actually from Patrick Whalen a, um, an email from, uh, from Michael Strickland and oddly I got it from Michael, Michael Strickland a few minutes later 
along with a lot deeper instructions. So Michael has uh, penned a, another letter that really is very much um, targeted towards, you know, speaking to your uh, elected officials. And I will share a copy of that. I'll make a note to myself to send the PDF. And, um, it, you know, it's another great read and it's basically just talking about the fact that so far our voices have been silent and, um, you know, he used the line, they do not know we exist. And, uh, you know, also talking about that a lot of other businesses, salons, restaurants, the movie business, hotels, hospitality in general, bars, clubs, theaters, even cruise lines, will all, they all have a plan to reopen and they kind of control the timing for that for the most part. Um, we don't, you know, we don't control our timing very well. Uh, you know, we all kind of fall into that uh, mass gathering sort of uh, genre and therefore, you know, we can't say we are going to open on, you know, August 1st or July 15th or whatever, whereas most industries are already like even cruise lines are selling cruises already, I think, as early as late June, as I recall. Um, so it's a great letter. I'm going to share it with all of you. What you decide to do with it is up to you. I uh, continue to reach out to any of the local politicians I know which are not that many because I spent most of my life trying to avoid politicians and now suddenly they've come in handy. So, um, so there is that. And what else did I want to share with you? Um, Broadway, Chris, I don't know if anyone else on here, uh, maybe David Barber would be able to talk about this, but I, I did see this week, I think that Broadway has announced uh, or the Broadway League has announced that Broadway shows will not be back until at least Labor Day. Is that accurate? Anyone? I believe that. Is on the case. Day, uh, no sooner than Labor Day for Broadway. Yeah. Marcia Stern. Hey, Marcel Fairbairn. I'm an old news and you know, Marcel, if they say that they can open on Labor Day, that really means October or November. It's going to take them six to eight weeks to get up and running again. Yeah, I mean, this is the problem. This is one of the things that I don't know that the, the world outside of us understands. You can't just all of a sudden go, oh, okay, well, we can have concerts this week. Great. You know, you kind of need some time leading up to that to book the venues and the talent and the the buses and the all the logistics and everything, you know. And There's going to be a mad rush. I mean, it's going to be like... Once the cat's out of the bag, it'll be a mad rush, I think. Well, David, if you recall, they closed Broadway and all the culturals in New York City on the 12th of March. I got a letter today, an email today from the Brooklyn Museum advising me that they're extending the Studio 54 exhibit, which I've contributed to, um, and asked me for a loan on the goods. Uh, but anyway, point being, they've extended the run until November, which would indicate to me they're kind of if they're doing a three-month run and they're thinking possibly in tandem with Broadway opening, or at least opening up sometime in September, that sort of makes sense. But again, it's all qualified with subject to revision. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a bummer. No matter how you look at it, it's definitely a bummer. Um, totally. One person I cannot see if he's on here or not, Corey Easterbrook, are you here? Uh, I can text him to come on. 
Oh, it's all right. If, if he's not here, it's fine. I, I mean, I just, I remember seeing something, whether it was on social media or maybe he even emailed it to me or, or sent me a message, but um, I think his local a venue or a, an event center or something closed. I think he's uh, in, in, uh, in Fort Myers or something, right? Yeah, there were actually two. There was a theater and a event center that did weddings, reviews, Jeez. stuff like that. And they're permanently yeah. closed, both of them? Yep. And then in New York, there are actually two theater companies that closed. And David, I think, can probably speak a little more to that. I just saw it on Broadway World. Well, one of them was Shetler Studios, which was a rehearsal space and an off-off-Broadway theater. And the other one was called The Secret Theater, which was in Queens. Yeah. No one really knew about it, though. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Actually, I never had. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, not a good time to joke when you're talking about a theater that just closed. You have to um, laugh. So, uh, you know, another thing that I actually wanted to bring out, I, I know most of the news this week has been pretty bummer news. I don't know, hopefully someone can share some great news with us, but um, uh, an article today or a blog post got very, very popular and a lot of people forwarded it to me and it's uh, on a medium called Medium, and it's called Our Industry Isn't Coming Back Like Yours Is. And it was written by a gentleman named uh, Nick, Nick Rivero. And I asked Nick to come on uh, on the call with us today, so I think he's here somewhere. Nick? Yeah, yeah hello. hello. I'm, I'm here. here. Hey. Hey, Nick. How are you? Can you hear? Hey. hey. So oh, an echo. I don't know. I don't know how that's happening. I've never heard an echo like that one. Uh oh. You must be an audio guy. Reverbing out. <laughs> Man, I haven't seen Nick in seven years. Let me try. It, buddy. It's, it's been a minute. minute. Is, Is that, that any better, better audio? audio? No, there's a really weird echo. Speakers on. Yeah, do you have no, the speakers no. on? No. Yeah. I've had bad luck with Zoom lately. Let me, let me, let me uh, try, try this again. again. If it wasn't for the echo, I think you had a little bit of healing up there, Nick. You're like, no, 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 no. Yeah. That was a good article, by the way, Nick. I read it. Yeah, no, I mean, I think almost everyone on here read it, and I sent it yeah. to you all wow. earlier as well. It it trended pretty quickly, from what I noticed. Yeah, I mean, so maybe while he's working on his audio here. Um, so, first of all, before I got on the call, I think it was almost 2,000 likes on it, which I would assume it's got over 10,000 views or reads. Uh, which is a pretty big number because you don't look to be a professional writer <laughs> from what I've seen. And um, so number one, what sort of motivated you to write it? Was it just the same anger and frustration that we're all feeling or was it something specific? And secondly, did you expect it to go viral? See, can you guys, I heard yeah, that. Can now. you hear me okay? Yeah, you're good oh, now. Yeah. Great. Um, so I guess where to start, um, I had actually been, 
I wrote that article across about three weeks of kind of sitting on that and processing through it, writing it over a series of just uh, early mornings, usually around seven in the morning, just kind of putting it together. Um, by no means that I ever expect it to go viral by any stretch. And by viral, it's currently at 350,000 views right now. Jesus. Um, I mean, I, I expected my mom to forward it to a few friends and maybe get over 10 <laughs> or something. But to get to 350,000 just blew my mind. Um, it's, it's, it's incredibly humbling. I, I think that's the biggest thing I can say about this out there is my background is I've been in the industry a short 15 years. I toured for many years, uh, you know, across the spectrum. Uh, I've lived my, my years on a tour bus. You know, I have a company now and a team of people. And um, as, as we all know, we're, that was, that was why I wrote this article, I should say, is we're a quiet industry. As I said in, in the article, you know, hides in the shadows and that's what I was seeing in this is just that our industry is still in the shadows to the rest of the public and, and really just how many people don't understand where we're coming from. Um, you know, friends, family that don't even understand what it's like, what our life is like, what we're going through right now is where this really came from. Um, uh, and so yeah, it just, you know, I just wrote this piece just really to bring light to that and share that perspective. And I'm just so humbled. The The response I can't even tell you is I've had, I've had Instagram stories sent to me of people in tears like that. I, wow. it just, I was sitting there with my wife on the couch last night, just reading the thou some of the, like, I've, I'm at like 3000 shares on Facebook and just reading through people saying how much they can relate to this, what they're going through, that it, it kind of brought a voice to that. And that is just beyond humbling to me to see that. Cool. Have you figured out how to monetize it? <laughs> Sorry. No, I, I, you know, that was, get a that was quick actually, paywall up. <laughs> well, that was actually the, cause on medium, you can actually put it behind a paywall and I actually intentionally wanted to make it of course. free yeah, of course to get yeah. them to get the, the word out there. I mean, I, I've sent that article on. My head of marketing on my team has already sent that to everyone. I, I've personally sent it to our congressmen and women here in Georgia to get the word out of saying, this is who we are. This is what we do. Um, you know, we've sent it to NPR, to local news, to everybody to wow. say, this is what we're this is our community. We're here, you know, and especially for the state of Georgia, we're not a we're not a major production hub so to, to really bring light to that here that there are production people here there is a live events industry here that's something i think that is is overlooked in this is you know it's it's instantly thought of as new york la vegas on and on um so we, we've really been trying to bring light to that there too there's a big film community there they shoot a lot oh, of yeah. shows down oh, there yeah. yeah and all those yeah, guys yeah. are out of work too oh very yeah. much have you gotten any sort of positive response as far as a, a politician saying, this is amazing, I'm going to do something for you, or um, or just really attaboys so far? No, we, we haven't. We've been pushing. Uh, I should back up and say this isn't the first uh, push we've made to our local politicians. 
we right. have said things before, put things out there saying, hey, you know, we're here, we're in the state, you know, to kind of no response. But that's not, um, you know, it's not an answer for, for giving up by any stretch. Like we're going to keep yeah. getting the word out there. And one thing I, I can say is, um, you know, I'm, I'm not a very political person. I, I can tell you many stories. I grew up in a very interesting household of my parents who were both Democrat and Republican. So I grew up literally in the middle of this very interesting political nature in my household. So I, I very much don't believe, I, I don't want to be political. I just want people to know where we're coming from. And that's where I come from is sharing our story, getting it out there, making it heard, sharing that with the community. That's really the standpoint of, of kind of my heartbeat yeah. behind this. Well, you don't have to, you don't have to be political to lean on politicians to do their job. Exactly. You know? and, exactly. And that's what we should all be doing. And it's the same thing that Michael Strickland from, from bandit was saying in his letter yep. uh, today was, um, you know, make these people work, like make them do right. their jobs. They're still getting full exactly. paychecks. You know, if exactly. they get, I, if they get, you know, a thousand, ten thousand, a hundred thousand emails and letters from people like us that tell them the story and share your article and share your own version of your article or whatever. Right. Uh, I mean, that's very powerful. These people can't ignore us forever. Right. 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 So yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I think one of the things that I've seen in our industry, what you're doing uh, or what you've just done and, and 350,000, I think you said is unbelievable. I mean, that's mm -hmm. like, wow. Cause that obviously has gotten outside of our industry at that point in a oh, pretty yeah, big way. Right. And yeah. so what, what you've done, what Strickland's done, uh, uh, the guy behind live event coalition, what he's done, you know, there's, there's, there are people who are able to sort of project their voice and use it for good things to try and help us recover yeah. from all of this. And, and it's yeah. important because otherwise, you know, we really are not being heard. Yeah. And the thing I would say to that is I, I'm, a, I'm a nobody. I'm just another guy running a studio here in Atlanta. And that's the thing I would say to this is, is my charge to everyone else is I'm, I'm no different. I'm, I'm one of all of us. I have, like I said, been on the road. I do shows for a living. And this was me just putting my, my heart and emotions behind how I felt about this and writing an article. And it's like yeah. I said, it was never meant to be viral. It was just meant to get the word out there any way I could and start communicating that. And that's what I say to everybody else is, you know, get, get that out there, share your thoughts. It can be a post, yeah. it can be a, a medium article, it can be an email, anything like that to just really communicate where our industry is coming from. Well, I mean, the last thing we can do is sit back and just, you know, quietly take this, <laughs> you know, I mean, we can't, we can't no. just, no. we can't just be quiet. We have to, and, you know, I've seen like, a, you know, I was talking to somebody earlier this week who's doing concerts in a cul-de-sac. You know, like yeah. he's doing cul-de-sac shows and then broadcasting these cul-de-sac shows. And, yeah. you know, that's a message. That sends a message. Nobody's making money off of a cul-de-sac show. But if all of a sudden there's 10,000 cul-de-sac shows, you know, we've now said something. We've stood up and said, hey, you know, don't ignore us. Yeah. And so, 
No, I, I applaud you. I think it's, I think it's awesome what you were able to do. And uh, obviously something about what you said resonated with an awful lot of people. And, yeah. um, you know, I think if you get with Christian just after this podcast, he'll tell you how to get rich from it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I mean, I know that's not the mission, so I'm just playing. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but really Christian could help you out a little bit. <laughs> and, uh, so anyways, yeah, uh, you know, way to go. Yeah. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. It's, uh, it's like I said, it, it's been really humbling and, you know, we're, we're all, I would say we were all in this together. And so it's, it's like we talked about is I say, continue to get the word out there, but also, you know, use what I said in articles, use the time to look at what's next to, you know, rest, to recover, but also to focus on what's coming and what's next and those kind of things. And that's, that's what we're doing is I'm, I'm every day sitting here thinking, what can we be doing? What's next? But I'm also enjoying the time with my family. You know, I I have a one-year-old daughter. So keeping up with her and enjoying that side of life, that's something I don't always get to do when I'm traveling three, four, five days a week sometimes. So that's what I say is, you know, the grass is always greener. (laughs) And so I, I say all the things, which is, you know, but what, what you just said about, um, you know, uh, using this time and stuff. I mean, for anyone who comes out of this exactly the same skill level, exactly the same talents, exactly the same business, whatever it is, if you're exactly the same when you come out of this, I think you've missed an opportunity. And, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm working very hard with my team to, to launch a completely new software platform um, awesome. at a time when, you know, the world doesn't really need a new software platform, mm. but it's a great time to launch a new software platform when you can test when you're not as busy. And, I get it. you know, so, I mean, the thing is we have to use this time. Otherwise you're just going to walk out of this, a, a damaged wounded soldier, yeah. you know, you know, I, I say this to my team a lot, which is every day you're in business, you're, a freelancer, you have a studio company, you work for someone every day you're working, you, you should always be learning something. And the thing is what you learn can go one of two ways. Most days it's something really good. It's, I learned a new way to do this. I learned about a new piece of software. I made a new connection, but sometimes those things are not great. And right now we're in the not great, but the thing is it's, it's about learning from that and learning like you're saying, you know, how can you take this time and progress yourself? How can you move forward? Or what can you be learning? How can you be networking? I mean, that's one of the things I've done so much now is just reach out to friends, colleagues, people in the industry, people not in the industry, catching up, making new connections, sending text messages, those kind of things to just remind people, hey, we're here, you know, talking to all sorts of friends. How can I help? What can I be doing? Can I send an email for you. What can I do? Just any of those types of things you can be doing. That's the season we're in is the things we're learning are in that, you know, overall not great category, but it's how do you learn something from it? How do you learn something to push you forward? Yeah, Yeah. no, absolutely. And um, so you said one thing, which uh, it's funny because the, the letter that I got from, uh, from Michael Strickland, 
said that there's a saying that has become a catchphrase that he doesn't like, which is we're all in this together. And I mean, yeah. it's truthful. We are in, in this together, but he's kind of rewritten it and said, same storm, different boats. Because, yeah. and it really makes sense, this same storm, different boats, because some of us are in rowboats. We're, you know, individuals that are either on a 1099 or, or we're a, a sole proprietorship or even a, yep. a, an LLC or something. And then there are companies like PRG who have, you know, almost a billion dollars in revenue. And, All right. and um, so, you know, they're, they're in a 300 foot yacht, which is, is, has got the same problems that we do in our rowboats. Right. right. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's all true. I mean, it's just, a, it's a shit situation that we just have to try and make our voices louder and use yep. our platform, whatever that platform is, whether, you know, you're yep. a musician or a, a, a movie star or a whatever, use that platform to try and improve things. McMean, you're making me friggin' hungry. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting here watching your thing and my stomach's growling, <laughs> you know, your background. Like that shouldn't be allowed. Come on. I was going to put the sushi one on there, but it's a little fast. It's all I ever does it. is I already saw it. I've been staring at your background the entire time. I saw the sushi. So, yeah. Well, Nick, I, I, yesterday. again, Nick, thank you so much for writing it. And again, it's people yeah. like you who are, are you know, sticking your, your neck out there and finding ways to get things. Because when something goes viral, it doesn't just go viral for you because you're not monetizing it. And I'm just playing with this monetizing yeah. thing. You're monetizing yeah. it for our industry. I mean, you're basically dragging us all behind you and saying, come on, guys, we're going over here. Yeah. And that's a very good thing. Yeah. And, and, you know, I'm trying to do some of the same stuff, both um, by just constantly pushing content and, and things out there. But mm -hmm. also, um, you know, I have some political connections that, you know, I yeah. sometimes wish I didn't have. But. You know, I have, uh, I actually went for a meeting with someone last week who, who used to run the, uh, uh, the, the Republican Party or whatever in Florida. <clears throat> and, you know, very in influential woman. And I sat and talked to her for three hours about basically the impact to our industry and the fact that we are relatively voiceless at this point. You know, everyone's so concerned yeah. about restaurants and so concerned about cruise lines and airlines. And we all need all of those. I mean, especially airlines, God forbid. But, um, yeah. but what about us, you know, at the same time, what yeah. about us? And, and I don't remember the statistics, but it's something like a $35 billion industry with is it 10 million people who work in our industry globally? <clears throat> that's well, incredible in the numbers. States. 12 in the United States, they quoted. That's, that's <laughs> unreal. You know, these are, these are massive numbers. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah cool. it's, I, I think the thing just to wrap up and say is, you know, we're all, every, all of us matter and all of us count. And I think that's the oh, thing, yes. you know, to the point of the scale of a PRG all the way down to a freelancer is we all need to say, put, put our two cents in because two cents add up after a while. And that's Hell the yeah. thing is, you know, that's, that's what this has shown me so much in, in this article is just how it resonates with so many people. And that's what I, I tell people is, you know, if this resonates with you, push it forward push it to people who need to hear it push the message out there and just keep going well obviously people have 
So thanks again for writing it. And, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully Nick has inspired some other people and, and, uh, you know, we'll see more of this kind of stuff because, you know, 350,000 from Nick plus, you know, yeah. Patrick Dearson writes something and 300,000 people read it. And, uh, you know, I mean, these numbers become incredible to a point where yeah. you, know, you can't avoid it. Yeah. So anyone else, anything exciting? Marcel? I am happy to report that on Friday, this is just more of a personal win, but uh, we got some cancellations uh, in for payment, which was great. So we were able to send out a bunch of emails to crew members who lost their gig just days before having to go out on it and got them paid. So it was a nice small win. Oh, I couldn't figure out where you were going with that. Cancellations in for payment. And I was like, oh, damn, I'm sorry. <laughs> and it was a good thing. Yeah, no, it was really, it was really great. The show's canceled. Yeah. We, we had it in process for a long time. It was under contract. But uh, all of these guys had written it off. They knew that they were not going to get paid. And I yeah. just didn't give up. And I just kept pressing. So it's been... It's been a fight for a very long time, but it finally came through and yeah. did the right thing. Oh, that's amazing. Good for you, man. Good for you. That's yeah, a win. Never been so happy to send checks out. It was, it was yeah. Great. David Barber, you were trying to say something. Yeah, I just had a question. Do you, when you spoke to politicians down there, did you feel like you were making any headway with them? Well, you know how politicians are, right? So, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, Marcel, that's terrible, you know. And um, I mean, meanwhile, they got their right. hand out. And, and uh, but I'll tell you, so I have a friend here who contributed last year to this particular person $10,000 to a, uh, a fund, you know, to help her get elected in something. And, um, not only was I able to get her on the phone, I was able to go to her house for a meeting for mm. four hours. And so, you know, political contributions do matter and do actually get like, this is why billionaires own politicians because you're able to get things done. But even hundred heirs can get things done with politicians if you are doing the right things at the right time with the right people. And so, yeah, I mean, I think I was able to actually, you know, kind of really push the bar forward and, and get things happening and kick the ball down the field or whatever saying you want to use. But um, I do want to mention something on my side. So my COO, who is actually on this uh, call with us today, um, had to fight like hell against uh, or with, depending on which view you look at, our bank. And so we applied for this PPP funding to keep all of our employees, which we have done, by the way, uh, to keep them in place. And um, we applied on, I think, the very first day, the very first morning of the very first day. And it's just gone on and on and on. And so our bank is called, it used to be called SunTrust, and then they merged with BB&T and became this thing called Truist, which, you know, is a bit of a, you know, sort of oxymoron. <clears throat> but um, anyways, just complete inactivity forever and ever. And so our COO Claudette stayed on top of them forever. And just today we finally got funded. So yay. 
Nice. So, you know, there, I, I know companies just like mine and, and John Featherstone, who's not here right now, but I know light switch has been going through a very similar thing where they applied very early on and they were with uh, chase bank and, you know, just complete inaction. Can't get them on the phone. Can't get any response. Chase is even worse where you just have to be this big or else, you know, you're nobody. And, uh, and so he just fell through the cracks and he went and reapplied with PayPal and I think got a response immediately and got the, whatever that number's called or the, you know, the loan number thing or whatever. So keep trying, keep digging if, if that's what you're waiting on. And, uh, and I know that it's shut down again. I think they ran out of money again or whatever, but they'll keep printing more. Beautiful thing about the government. government. Yeah. Aside from the grant, did anybody else get in on the EIDL? I'm still waiting to hear on my end. Yeah. Same here, although they, they dropped it to 150000 from the $2 million. Right. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the only thing I could say is even if you don't need the money right now, it, it, this is the EIDL, I'm not saying the PPP, but the EIDL money is available to really every business as a, um, you know, it's just a, an SBA backed loan that's relatively low interest that has very attractive payback terms and you should be applying for it. Because even, even if you don't use it and it sits in your bank, I don't think you have to start paying for it for the first year. And uh, even if it just sits in your bank and you're not, by the way, by, by taking an EIDL loan, you're not taking it from some needy business that would have otherwise got it. That's not how it works. And so. it doesn't affect your PPP. Correct. Yeah. No, I also hear a lot about. of people saying this PPP is kind of a scam. If that makes any sense, like a lot of people are taking these loans and realizing that there are certain limitations and their employees aren't coming back because they're getting more money. So they're just like giving the money back and they're not really yeah, Matt, it's a good point, but it's not really a scam. It's just, it's got very specific rules that you have to follow. And so one of the right. things that my COO Claudette had to do um, was really just set up spreadsheets and stuff so that you know exactly what your payroll needs to be. Because what you want to do is get to that threshold where you don't have to pay it back. Because if you do everything properly, it's a grant, it's not a loan. If you don't do everything properly, it's a loan and you got to pay it back. And so I, re I received know. a message from uh, Chase today uh, in preparation for the loan forgiveness, which was pretty good. Um, and they, they're pretty clear about it. And, yeah. you know, whereas the, the SBA isn't necessarily totally clear about it and the rules do fluctuate. But the bottom line is if you're if you're being very uh regimented about how you're spending that money and are keeping proper records of how that gets spent. It shouldn't be that difficult. It should be very straightforward. And yeah. some of the banks, Chase in particular, is going to have, just as they had an automated system of breaking down the PPP application, they're going to do the same in reverse for the loan forgiveness so right. that you should be able to do that very clearly in, in a step-by-step -step fashion, which I think should be pretty good. Um, yeah, I, think well, I mean, really, is, it, it, you just have to really pay attention, though, if you want it to become a grant, you have to pay attention very closely to your payroll. Like I, I know we did, and I won't call them out, but we did have somebody on here a few weeks ago 
who said, I got my PPP money. And I said, are you hiring everyone back? And he said, hell no. And um, he said, they're just going to forgive everything. This is just going to become a shit show and they're going to, they're going to forgive everything. And I'm like, okay, you know, that's not the government I know and love, you know, I mean, it just doesn't work like that. They want their money back. And, uh, and well, then that same person did read the fine print afterwards. Yeah. He came back a week <laughs> later with a completely different story. He was like, Oh shit, I don't want to spend the money now. You know, he's like hanging on yeah, to it. So it's scary. It. I mean, you know, it, again, I'm not I, sure I, how, I'm not sure how, you know, obviously everybody sets their, their businesses up differently and it, and it changes based on your scale. Um, yeah. But certainly for, for smaller corporations, it, in, in this particular instance, it is very handy to have a separated account within your bank account system that's Definitely. devoted to payroll. Um, Definitely. Because that, that makes this tracking a hell of a lot easier. And if you're simply transferring funds each of your payroll cycles to make sure that the payroll is fulfilled, it becomes very simple to track. You don't have to worry about all the overages involved. Well, Patrick, we've even gone a step further and we've created a separate account for EIDL money that says, you know, this is toxic money. Don't touch it unless yeah. you absolutely have to. Because, you know, if you touch it, you know, you've, you've basically broken the seal and now you have to pay that money back and you're going to keep using it. And next thing you know, you, you've just created another problem. You've solved one problem and created another one. And, you know, owing the government money is, is not going to be a blessing in the future. I guarantee that. No, not in the least. And being, they get paid no matter what. But that is a 30 year loan. So, I mean, if it's going to yeah. keep you afloat until the business starts going, then... Well, it's easy for you to say, Matt, because you're like 21 years old. I'm 50 freaking five. All right? I'm 38. I'm None of us want a fucking mortgage long... without a house right now. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Uh, one yeah, of the questions so... I've... Obviously, we're not eligible with a larger business, but one of the questions I've heard is that if the worst comes to the worst and you end up having to lay everybody off at the end of, you know, your PPP runs out, you then owe that money back because you didn't keep employees on. No, that's that, not true. That's not the case? Okay. I, I yeah, that that's not true. No, you basically have to keep them employed for eight weeks. Okay. You know, this oh, is an eight-week so program. Yeah. And you have to keep them employed for that entire eight weeks. And I'm no accountant, so I'm not trying to give anyone specific yeah. advice, but that's pretty much clear how it works is they're giving you money for eight weeks of payroll. <clears throat> there is some talk now of uh, the SBA changing some of these rules because of people in our situation where we can't bring everybody back because in eight weeks, there's still not going to be any work probably. Yeah. So they are working on that. And I've been complaining to my bank about it and talking to the SBA about it, uh, trying to get them to change because uh, I've, I've got the PPP money and I can't bring everybody back. It just won't work. Right. Yeah. Well, and I know, I don't know if uh, Jay from Center Staging is on here. I don't think he is, but I spoke with, uh, with Jay at Center Staging on a different uh, Zoom call thing. And he was talking about the fact that, and Chris, take a deep breath. You know, I'm going to have to mute you here. But um, he was talking about the fact that he was competing with the government and he had a real problem where he couldn't get his employees to come or to stay at work or to come back to work. So the PPP money was useless to him because he was going to end up having to pay it back. Um, 
because really, you know, he's, he's a staging company. So they're relatively common laborers and they were making, uh, at least close to what they were making working for him. And in some cases, maybe more, um, but it's for such a short window. But again, we're talking about some people maybe who have a relatively short, you know, sight, you know, they're not looking a year down the road or six months down the road, even they're looking and saying, yeah, for the next couple of months, why would I do all this heavy work and sweep the warehouse when I can watch Netflix and make a little bit more money? So I'm not trying to start an argument by any stretch, but I am saying that there are companies who won't take the PPP money because of that. And I think that's sort of what you're saying, Bob. We, we had the same issue, Marcel, down at RZI. We, we've had a massive fight where we almost lost the whole company last week because nobody wanted to come back to work out of yeah. 18 people. Yeah. Uh, so it was, yeah, we were in the same boat. I had to force everybody to come back to work. Yeah. Now it's talk of extending the uh, additional $600 till the end of the year. Is there really? It just started popping up today on some of the news feeds. I don't yeah, know if we're getting it or not. The, the Senate said that's a non-starter. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, you know, the, the social side of me says that that's a really good thing, that we should do that. But, but the business side of me says that that's going to create a very difficult environment to keep people employed because, you know, there has to be, there has to be incentive to go to work every day. And for some people, that's not pride. That's just simply, where's my paycheck bigger? And I understand that and that's okay. But um, so, yeah, I mean, none of us can really control, I think exactly what the government's gonna do <laughs> at this point, but you know, all we can do is, is just keep screaming for our industry and hopefully at some point we'll get a louder voice and, and they'll at least take a look at our industry and say, whoa, you know, we need to maybe lighten some of our restrictions. The one thing that keeps coming up is is the uh, indemnification, uh, the liability issues, which I tend to believe is going to be dealt with because it has been announced so many times in so many different speeches and stuff uh, by the president and by, I think, the vice president and, and other people. Um, so, you know, I think there is going to be some sort of an indemnification against COVID-related lawsuits. And I don't know how other people feel about that. I'm yeah, certainly provided, to as you know, we discussed this last week. Provided, provided duty of care is is observed, uh, you're still going to get that tricky one. I was going to bring up. Did anybody see the um, the safety event event safety association white paper that came out this week? Yeah, it's an, it's a very very good document. I thought a very thought provoking, particularly in yeah. the you know the sort of the testing procedures for audience and for crew members and how difficult yeah. that's going to be and how costly because you know the sort of the the minimum wage love them but the minimum wage security teams that we typically see on events are not going to be able to administer these kind of you know tests and then what do you do when joe schmo in the line has a temperature of 101 now what do you do you've got to deal with joe schmo um you know, it, it, it opened up, again, you know, like we always say, the devil's in the details and it opened up a tremendous amount of details that are gonna be difficult to overcome um, and costly. I don't disagree with you. Yeah. So Marcel, I'm not gonna argue with you, but I'm just gonna let you know what we did in a couple of locations. 
where we had people come in as freelancers. We hired freelancers who weren't making any money and let our shop guys stay at home. And we put a call out. It was filled in an hour. Wow. That's cool. That's amazing. That's awesome. In three different states. That's so awesome. I, I hear this thing that people don't want to work, but you know, well, I have people calling me afterwards. I, I wouldn't I say people part don't want to work. People call me afterwards and was like, are their positions still open? Yeah, how'd I miss that? Yeah. No, I, I would never say people don't want to work. I think that it's always like a threshold that if you drag the bar to a certain level, you get to a point where people not necessarily don't want to work, but will choose maybe the easier option. And so I think it comes down to what those pay levels are. You know, if we're talking about paying someone $30 an hour, you're probably going to do better than if you're offering $15 an hour, right? Where people you know, might- You know Huntley, right? Have you met Huntley? Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> you make okay. a very valid point. The other thing I'll throw in on that, the PPP won't forgive uh, 1099 employees. So yep. yeah. That won't help for, you know, like my guys, I have a lot of guys that half of them said, I'd rather just sit home and make money. Yeah. But did you put a call out to any freelancers to come work in their place? Luckily, I have about half of my shop guys have come back. But, you know. And there's stuff for them to do or no? Yeah, we, we've got a lot of fabrication stuff going on. So that's all moving. But the PPP won't forgive freelancers. Right. So it's not going to help. You know, I basically, it's not going to, you know, the PPP doesn't help them. But they can apply for their own. Yeah. They can apply on their own. Yeah. 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 I, I'm just saying there's people to work out there right now. Not everybody's sitting at home with these, you know, these unemployment checks who are probably. Oh, yeah. A lot of the freelancers in New York City, a lot of the electricians, stagehands in general that aren't unionized, that can't get unemployment because they're 1099. Yeah, and the entire off-Broadway market. Yeah. And all the and they still haven't gotten their six hundred dollar a week check. They haven't well, gotten that's the other thing. Dollar. Yeah, I mean that's the other thing. There's the part that you read in the news that says you're gonna get this much plus this much and blah blah blah. You know, but then go stand in line for a little while or get on the phone or whatever. It ain't easy money to get, you yeah. know. It, it's probably easier to get 1200 a week out of Huntley than it is out of the government right now. I don't know about that. <laughs> it's, a, it's a close battle. <laughs> close battle. Yeah. So how's Vegas doing, Patrick? I'd like my weekly uh, Vegas update. You're muted. Yeah, there you, buddy. Volume, volume. Give us one of your alter uh, people there. Unmute yourself. A little too uh, windy to go cycling this week. We've literally had 50 mile an hour gusts today. It finally died down. So my, my bike rides have gotten a little slower. Um, but it's pretty amazing because we opened up phase one on Saturday. And I went, I took a ride uh, yesterday to go meet with one of my colleagues over at his apartment on the southwest side of Vegas. And whereas the strip is still dead, you get 
a few blocks out of there and start heading toward the suburbs, we're definitely going to get second wave. People are just everywhere, not really social distancing, not really adhering to any of the rules. It's, it was very surprising to see the behavior. It was pretty wild. Yeah. It, uh, yeah I, it, was, um, it was as if nothing happened when, when I was I, out today. I flew last week with American Airlines, and it was unbelievably horrific. I mean, they probably let 15 or 20 people on the plane without masks. Flight attendants weren't, took their masks off. There were five gate agents. One of them was wearing a mask. There were deadheading crew that came on the plane without masks. I mean, I was just sitting there just incredulous at what, was, what I was seeing. And the flights were, because they've canceled every flight, they even had standby passengers on the flight. The flight was completely full. Every seat was taken. And they, they filled the middle seats as well, right? They filled everything. Yeah, we got the usual, ladies and gentlemen, this is a very full flight today. Please stop your overhead. You know, yeah, but I thought they were going to block middle seats. Yeah. That's right out the did. window. <laughs> yeah, that went, I guess wow. went right out the window. Mm. It, was, it was truly, and I would say, uh, obviously, LaGuardia and Newark were a lot better, but the FW... 20, I would say only 25% of the TSA agents were wearing masks. Wow. It's a good chance. The general public, probably about the PPP. You want a second wave? Because that's how you get a second wave. Uh, Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, our our COO was texting me going, you know, how's it going? Because he's there, you know, where are we with our travel limitation, you know, limiting travel? And I'm like, you don't want to send anybody out here. This is a, a mess. Yeah, and it's funny because Wiseman um, was telling me he flew last week something with his daughter. I can't remember what it was, an engagement thing or something. I can't remember. She's having a baby, so he was going out to see her. Yeah, yeah. So he said he flew last week, and it was it was nothing. It was you know pretty damn easy. It wasn't. But I mean, I think he was going to like Wyoming or something. You know, he wasn't going to anywhere. that you were going, so. But I think that was slightly before all of the the phase ones started happening. So well, it was last week. Was it, maybe like more. literally, you know, less than a week ago. I think mm-hmm. Wednesday or Thursday. Yeah, Wednesday, I, flew, I think he was yeah, flying. I flew. I flew back last Wednesday. Obviously, there was certainly a better. Uh, you know, there was much more discipline at the New York airports than the Dallas airport, but still, yeah. it was you know, just like really, uh, I was incredulous yeah well i have a house in canada in the mountains and i'm kind of desperate to get up there so i'm kind of hoping things open up a little bit <laughs> in some sense you know from a, a selfish guy, standpoint the guy said to me he said you know they want us to wear a mask they should give us them and i'm like dude they want you to wear clothes you know i mean there's, <laughs> there's other things that you expect to show up with <laughs> yeah. Um, when did they put that rule in place that you got to wear clothes on a flight? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Jesus, what they kind of country do we live in? I can share with the group. I recently just crossed the Canadian-U.S. border. Oh, you did? I did. Coming into the U.S. Um, and you're allowed to do that? Because te- well, coming into the U.S. technically, I'm coming home. Um, I was up in the U.S. visiting some family right when everything shut down, so I just hunkered down for a bit there. So you were in Canada and then you were able to come back. Huh. I don't know. I guess I got to dig deeper, but I was told that, you know, I don't remember if it was the Canadian government government or the U S government. It's blocked until I think sometime in June. 
and I have a flight booked in June right now to go up to my house. And uh, I heard that they're talking about extending it for months further. Yeah, I believe June 20th. Oh, is June the 20th is, yeah, they just extended it to June 20th from May 21st. Yeah. Right. And it's uh, when going into Canada, you're required to go into a 14 day isolation. Yeah. Interesting. His whole trip to Canada, all 14 days. What did you say, Chris? That isn't that like your whole trip to Canada? You go up to your country house up there, you're there for like 14 days or a month or something? I mean, usually, yeah. I'd, I'd like to say so you got to quarantine for, for two weeks. <laughs> yeah, I go up and quarantine and come back and quarantine. It's not really worth it, is it? I mean, if anyone has a private jet that would be willing to come pick me up in Palm Beach and take me to Calgary, Canada, I'd be very appreciative. You got to make friends with Les. He's you got don't a, have a company he's got a jet private jet. Though? yeah yeah so um what else kind of anyone get booked yet today, for a... it? yeah greg hi how the heck are you i'm, I'm i just you know, brought my bag of ice cubes i'm fine how are you <laughs> bag of ice cubes there you go good i think you're usually like a phone lurker right what's that you don't usually come in in video i think you come in by phone when you're here no, actually, I've not been here yet. This is my first visit, so. Oh, I, wow. Yeah. So for anyone who doesn't know Greg, Greg owns Clearwing Audio, or Clearwing Productions, I think it's called now, right? Clearwing whatever we can get a buck for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Clearwing stages, masks, uh, you know, yeah. whatever. Yeah. yeah, nitrile gloves, whatever. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. How are you how's doing? Every, how's everyone? Good? No. Okay. Sorry. Apparently, we're still closed. Yeah. Well, we we had our first confirmed COVID employee case today, so I'm bummed about that. But uh oh. Yeah, in Phoenix. So I got to spend four thousand dollars cleaning the warehouse. Oh boy. And where yeah. are those act guys? They'll sell you UVC products. <laughs> yeah. Days. Well. You know, Aaron, Aaron Hubbard and I are real close, so I can get that whenever I want. But yeah, yeah, just get some of those and put those in. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. know uh, Joey Gallagher from Gallagher Staging has a cleaning service going as well. Might be an opportunity. Really? I just I got an email from him today. A couple of them, I think, um, about this new thing that he's got going on, which looked pretty interesting. Anyone know anything about that? The sanctuary. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Rocco. Social from, Sanctuary. Yeah, so they are doing a uh, a live stream on the weekends of uh, EDM music. They've got some different vendors in there that have you know, contributed, whether it be effects, lighting, staging, and they've got everyone built out in their own little 10 by 10 cubicle. <laughs> and uh, they come in, clean the zone first, and get one group set up at a time. And then re-clean it again to allow the artist to come in to uh, stream music. What a massive pain in the ass. I mean, well, I, I saw on Celebrity Access yesterday that they're doing a drive-in concert in Fort Worth here coming up in a couple of weeks. So yeah. somebody's going to stick their toes in the deep water there and see how it goes. Yeah, they're going to do a bunch of those in L.A. I've, I've had three or four calls uh, this week already, and there were about a half a dozen last week of 
people wanting to do them in various parking lots and yeah i'm surprised about la because i just saw they extended the lockdown to all yeah thanks that's awesome (laughs) yeah Yeah, we're we're thrilled what not but are there any not the may 15th reopen no and so the hollywood july 31st yeah july 31st sex offenders get out faster than we are yeah that's uh, new york they're talking about opening on friday like phase one here did wow. anybody see the the German rave that did that with the had everybody come in cars? I did. Yeah, see. I saw that. I mean, it was it, it did end up exactly how I thought it would. A bunch of gags <laughs> slamming on their horns constantly, but it, yeah. they did it. And they brought their own strobe lights, flicking the high beams back and forth. Yeah, it was. It's just what you want. More lighting, guys. Christ Almighty! Awesome. Pass out laser yeah. pointers as they enter. <laughs> Yeah, cr- crowd audio and lighting interaction really isn't a selling point when they're doing it with cars. Are those our new uh, dance festivals of the future with our cars? No, absolutely not. <laughs> a little scary, actually. You know, I suspect you know what, society will think, accept the death rate and just go back to normal. I do think bringing back drive-in <laughs> movies is a great idea. There, there's a big push going on with that right now. It kind of seems to be a no-brainer. You just have to get all the flea markets out of the old drive-in movies because they seem to have taken them over everywhere. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's the it's the bathroom thing here. That that's the problem is is that as soon as people start drinking, the social yeah. distancing goes away, and then you've got you know you've got to go to the restroom or you go to the concession stand, and now you're going to interact with people. And you know what are you going to do? Was like, that really ever a safe place? The bathroom <laughs> no. <or the> driving. <laughs> I mean, I think I caught things there when I was 15, you know? So it's actually, I don't know that it's any worse this today. This is from Dirty Keys. Well, <laughs> they, right. they've reopened some of South Florida, and oddly enough, they've reopened certain aspects of parks and public areas, but not bathrooms. So I'm not sure what they expect people to do. Yeah, I, I went to a restaurant last night, them. folks. I actually went to a real restaurant last night with real people, oh, a wow. server. Is Flanagan's a real restaurant? Well, I mean, it's a shit real <laughs> restaurant, but it's a restaurant. We have those in I'm going Florida, to a real like... good restaurant on Saturday uh, on the island, on Palm Beach Island. So that'll be good. But no, I mean, I went to Flanagan's, so Are I got a 16-year-old kid. He's going to get a burger, whether it's 8 bucks at Flanagan's or like $70 at Ruth's Chris or whatever, right? That, so... just, that just means that both of you got in a bar fight. Yeah, true. <laughs> Flanagan's ain't that bad. But I'm sure after this hiatus, it still felt special. Oh, it felt amazing. I mean, it was weird as hell. You know, it it was just like, you kind of feel like you're doing something bad, you know, walking in there and kind of going, wow, there's people here. This is weird. But uh, it was awesome. I mean, I just, it was really cool to just sit there and order a beer and eat some food. And, you know. So how's that with a mask on? You had to wear a mask from the front door to the table and from the table to the bathroom or whatever, and then back to the front door. But otherwise, when you were at your table, you didn't wear a mask. And, and it was every second table, and um, it wasn't very busy, actually. The mask down to catch the crumbs? Yeah. No, the mask was sitting off to the side on the table. You just, like, and, pick it up, uh, put it back on? No. Do the- does the staff all need to wear masks as well? Yes. Yeah, the waiter's wearing a mask and uh, all the staff that I could see. And then all the condiments they give you in little, uh, uh, you know, closed containers. Like I ordered Tabasco sauce and they give you a little plastic container with a lid on it. 
not the model, obviously. So, yeah, I mean, I thought they did an okay job, although I ordered a draft beer and then I'm sitting there looking at it going, why did I order a draft beer? This is kind of stupid. Like, why not get a bottle where nobody's actually drank from it before? That would probably be good. Yeah, LA uh, LA just rolled out the uh, opening of the restaurants here, but with no date. So there's the restaurants have like the guidelines, but there's no date of when they're going to be open. Well, if they're closed till June something, if LA is still closed till June something, you're not going to have restaurants anytime soon, are you? Phase two, Marcel. I just saw September sixth today. For what? Holy shit! For LA, I saw it on the internet. Yeah. God, you can believe everything you see on the internet. Yeah, if it's on the internet, it's true. <laughs> I, believe I believe that's college is for September 6th. Yeah. And wow. in theaters in New York. Well, yeah. the, the theaters that just proposed, because um, I get the local one email blasts, um, they've refunded and canceled up through June and are expecting to try to open for September, but nothing's confirmed yet. crazy well anyone got a gig yet uh we have two friends i won't disclose their names because they're under strict ndas but we have two friends that went out this weekend uh as programmers um and tom kenny's has a few studio projects for the fall that haven't canceled yet that's cool a little glimmer of hope we have a anyone uh, here have an actual gig we have a high school graduation Prosper, Texas. Hey, those used to be small. <laughs> now they're kind of a big deal. Yeah. Or like, yeah. And fireworks. Yeah. You know, I had uh, yesterday on my podcast, I had David Davidian, and, you know, first of all, great guy. I mean, amazing guy. Said nice things about you, Peter Morse, of course. I mean, who, who doesn't, right? Um, but we were, we were also talking about how old guys don't like to operate consoles because the consoles have become so complicated now. And uh, I said, but Peter never operated a ETC expression console or whatever, you know, like an AVO QM 500. He never uh, operated. Programmers won't let me near it. <laughs> There's well, reasons reason behind that, that I think. <laughs> There's reasons behind that. But uh but one of the you problems social is social distance from the console. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Six feet. Six but feet. one of the problems, and, and Peter, you fall into the same category, is some of the artists are actually, you know, in that sort of danger zone where, you know, they don't want to go out and play a show until it really is safe because, you know, in their late sixties or even seventies in some cases. And so, you know, David is working with Alice Cooper, and uh, and Alice Cooper isn't any isn't in any rush to to get back out working right now. So, uh, I'd I I would say that applies to most of them. Yeah. At this point in time, I don't know if you know this, and I tuned in late, so this may have been discussed. But uh, Hollywood Bowl announced today that they're shutting down for the summer, first time in ninety eight years. Oh, wow. That is sad. Hey, Peter, can that I ask sad. you a quick question, sidebar kind of thing? Is Stan Morris still around? Yep, he okay. sure is. He's in Nashville, and you can find him on uh, Facebook. 
Okay. Well, we worked together years ago, you and I and he on Eddie Rabbit. I mean, that's been right. forever ago. Right. But I just, right. I haven't heard from him since, so I just kind of wondered. I get occasional messages from him, but he's, okay. he's hanging out in Nashville. All yeah. right. Just wondered. Thanks. Peter, you need a haircut. Oh, boy. I'm, I'm going to get one this afternoon. <laughs> no way. Well, my wife's going to try. Oh, okay. There you go. <laughs> my yeah. wife did try. She missed a couple spots. But, I mean, yeah. I could... This is all plastered down right now. It doesn't now. look it's as bad as here. I expected, Chris. For that, Peter, you need a wife. Yeah, I mean, it's bad. <laughs> it's bad. It's just not as bad as I expected. You know? I was but here in Florida, our hair salons are open. What's that? In Florida, our hair salons are open. Second wave. Yeah, well, I'll stick with California for now. Thanks. Yeah. Marcia, you trying to talk? Yeah, I'm trying to, but I was muted. Um, not in Broward County, not yet. Just Palm Beach County. Well, because you people are crazy down there in Broward County. Broward and Dade, uh, we're following. Hey, you're the ones who opened up the hair salons, not us. Yeah. Well. Look, the whole damn world's fucking gone crazy. The whole world's a bit crazy. Yes, it is. Do we have any Europeans on this on this call today? Come again. Do we have any Europeans on this call? Any any we of do. our brethren? Well, we're all European originally, right? <laughs> this first generation American count? Sure. Oh yeah, Steve. Uh, how, how is it over I there? To leave, so I'm still European in, in the world. <laughs> hey Steve. How are you doing, Marsha? Good to see you. Likewise. Sorry, Matt. Yeah? No, I'm just I'm just kind of curious, like in the United States, it's kind of stopped being reporting what's going on in Europe and and everything. And I'm just kind of curious what's going on. Are countries still in lockdown? Are they opening up? Well, the developments are so small, really. Um, I mean, today we're all supposed to be excited because today is the day that we actually start to release the country. But the steps are so small and so unclear that it's hard to get excited about them. Um, we're allowed to go out all day. We're allowed to go for... Um, what did it say? Unlimited amounts of exercise, but nobody actually has to run. So, you know, you can just be out as long as you say you're exercising. <laughs> that video from Boris was hilarious. Yeah, it was so unclear, wasn't it? Um, but basically, if, you're, if you can't work from home, you've been asked to go back, back to work. But at the same time, they've also increased the furlough scheme. But then it's unclear about how much the government's going to pick up, how much the company's going to pick up. So they're going to start tapering it off in, in August. But we were all still surprised that, you know, it seemed quite generous. But I suppose they're trying to avoid that huge unemployment spike. So. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, so you started seeing a little bit more traffic outside and they're saying that maybe hospitality starts again, small hospitality events by the end of July. But of course, it's, you know, it's all speculation. It's all covered in, you know, caveats of if the R number goes up, then everything stops again. So, which is understandable. Um, for me, vitamin, the vitamin D thing. <laughs> the, the people with vitamin D are dying less. So, more sun. <laughs> I'll move it to California. That's my plan. We have sun in Florida, too, and we don't have uh, state income tax. And yeah. we're already open. Yeah, you got all that vitamin D. You're gonna be fine, man. Yeah. Yeah. Come to Florida. Yeah, I'm. I'm ready. Unless you're from New York, because we already have enough of you. 
Well, Marcia, you're okay. Thank you, Marcel. I am a native Floridian after all. Yes. Well, I think you're a New Yorker. It's just going home for I do her. too, actually. <laughs> yeah. I'm embarrassed to be a Floridian sometimes. Well, you know, we have but our I, moments. But I do have bananas and mangoes in my backyard, so there's a plus side to it. But are they diseased bananas no, and mangoes? Absolutely not. Do they get uh, coronavirus, milk. bananas, and mangoes? I don't know. I have a very I clean the news lately. My house, my yard, everything is clean and healthy. My my little conclave and enclave here outside. Forget about it. Just nice. spray them with a little bit of tequila and lime. Cheers to that, so, guys. <laughs> Greg Jones, you've been very quiet today. <laughs> Greg Jones. Because <laughs> he took away his microphone, apparently. Yeah, he had it for a week. He did. Yeah. There he is. Police was up. He's on the phone. Gear. Greg, we're talking to you, boy. There we go. There I'm, you go. I'm known for being a high tech. So yes. <laughs> What's happening? Sound good this week. Thank you. Anything new in your world? Uh, anything new? Um, yeah, just you know, some some disappointment. I mean, literally, uh, our headquarters at Harmon. You know, we 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 took an approach for all offices in the U.S. across all divisions, and I think it's 13 offices. And we were literally uh, rolled out an e internal email that we were going to open up on split shifts yesterday. Uh, and an hour later, the mayor uh, extended the Los Angeles timeline. And so, just you know. I got a chance to witness and got calls in an hour on, on how much just the thought of going back a couple days a week was lifting spirits. And then to have that pulled back was a little disheartening yesterday. Um, can't you, can't you flip the bird like Elon Musk did? And isn't, you know isn't what? Harmon I, I, big you know, enough? I'm sure, but I, I don't believe that individual at, at Harmon is, is willing to do that. Right. right. Um, right. So, you could go there and say you could be arrested for everybody's on everybody's behalf. Right. Yeah, you know that may be a that'd be a hell of a publicity stunt, right? I'm gonna I'm gonna go to jail for a couple of days just to just to uh, for some smiles. But yeah, make so, sure you stream that. Yeah, yeah, we um, you know we uh, no no different than any other manufacturer. We're we're trying to figure out. Um, we're doing our best to keep our people employed, but you know at this point, you know how long can we do that? You know is the question. Um, so far, we've been unaffected on the employment front, but you know, it's Greg, uh, Greg, it's Greg, Greg, I'm going to say quietly, you're owned by fucking Harmon or uh, by Samsung. Yeah. <laughs> you can right. keep people employed forever for like until 2099. Yes. <laughs> Come on, yes. man. They have yeah. like, don't they have three CEOs or something at Samsung? Fire a CEO uh, and you can keep Harmon employed for another 10 years. Yeah, there's probably some truth to that, but uh you know, it's still a business, right? And we're still a, a wholly owned subsidiary of, of Samsung and Harmon. Held, held Everyone looks at the spreadsheets. Yeah. Yeah. So anyone else? Anything exciting? Something fun. Come on, man. Indiana's starting to open up. That's good. Yeah, we've got, we are on stage two of five and it's the most convoluted plan you can imagine. 
uh, go online. And go look figure. It, uh, yeah. Well, we're uh, we're on stage two, which means we can have social gatherings of 25 people or less. Face coverings recommended. Government offices limited access. Uh, retail 50% capacity. Re restaurants 50% capacity. Uh, and May 11th, uh, which yesterday, two days ago, uh, personal services, so air care and all of that opened up. No right. entertainment, no bars, no gyms. But the goal yeah. is by July 4th to be have, make that the goal for everybody taking your mask off and going back to normal. You know? Yeah. So, you know, basically what they're saying is blah, blah, blah. We haven't got a fucking clue. Blah, blah, blah. You know, we're going to do this. Yeah, blah, that's blah. Cool. You know, please reelect me next year. You know? Yeah. So did anyone other than me buy the UFC fight on Saturday night? Just me. We don't have that. Me and Greg Jones. Just you. <laughs> the funny Greg thing Jones. is, Marcel, I stopped watching UFC, but since just the, the thought of having a, a live sporting event to watch was just worth every yeah. penny. You know, yeah. I don't know if I'm back to being a, a bludgeon fight fan, but uh, I, I appreciated it. It was worth the spend. How was that without the crowd? It was weird as hell. Like, it was yeah. weird as hell. And, you know, I mean, the fighting was amazing. There were a couple of really great fights. Um, that, uh, what's his name? What's the... Rogan. No, the big, huge black dude uh, oh. who, who just, who nailed it like 20 seconds in or something. He knocked the guy out. Yeah. What the hell's his name? I forget. Oh, ooh, ooh, ah, uh, what the hell's his name? I can't remember. It's a crazy African name. I can't remember it. There was but a anyways. Funny, there was a funny scene Joe Rogan, who announces, was talking about how weird it how weird it was for him. But I'll be honest, after like the three or four fights in the beginning, I I didn't I wasn't paying attention to the crowd, right? I was engaged in a well, fight. Well, I think the think guy who had the most trouble was uh what's his name? Uh Bruce Buffer. Mm-hmm. You know, oh. because he's like doing all that, you know, all his big thing that he does, you know, it's time and all that stuff. And uh, I, I think he he gets that whole vibe from the crowd and he wasn't getting it. So I think he was kind of struggling a bit with his yeah. bright, shiny sequence jacket and stuff. Yeah. And uh, but I don't know. I honestly like you, Greg, I just loved having a live sport back. Although I can't say that I'm going to watch the NASCAR race this weekend. I mean, you know, I'm a racing fan, obviously, and, and my kid's a racing driver and all that stuff, but I just can't drag myself to watch a NASCAR race. I might do it just because, but I don't know. It's like I won't watch WW, whatever it's called this, this time, you know, the, the wrestling thing. But, uh, but it's just great to have live sports back. And obviously uh, the, the baseball is coming back. I think, what's that, June? Yeah, well, we've got the Travis McCready concert this weekend. Oh, yeah, right. Did that get shut kind down a... by the governor? Or is that... Oh, I don't know. Did it? There's a cease and desist coming out from the governor about it. <laughs> I was wondering no if that way. was going to happen. Of course. Yeah, there is. It was out, on, it was out today. It fell out? Like, I know That's it was insane. like 30-something tickets. Did it sell out? Uh, I, I don't know. I just I, We've been talking about it the last couple of days and waiting for somebody to shut it down. We didn't see that happening. Is this the Missouri concert that was scheduled, Pat, for the 18th? Yeah, it's... Uh, Arkansas. Arkansas. Arkansas, there you go. Yep. But isn't it a... Oh, it's no, it's not a driving thing. It's in a... No, it's at Temple thing. Live. Yeah, yeah right. they, they had like 200 people scheduled to in a 1200 seat venue. They were just going to limit it to 200, and 
uh, and so on. So, but why is that an issue? I don't get it. It's on the 15th and the uh, stay at home order is lifted on the 18th. So they're doing it right. three days in advance for some reason. Because they want to be the first. That was their, their thing. They wanted to show everybody it was safe, which we were all terrified. Well, it's kind of stupid to be the first three days before you're allowed to even be the first, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah somebody, mentioned, uh, somebody mentioned graduations, you know, and uh, we have a dear family friend that uh, she just told us this morning that uh, her high school is doing their graduation at, at a college arena, right, which, you know, and limiting it to a thousand people and spreading them out literally rows apart. And, and they've gotten the green light there in Texas outside of Houston. And, and, uh, you know, and I asked her because she runs a theater department there and are you doing a lighting package? And of course they just took everything down from the school theater. So there's no uh, rental for anybody out there, but you know, that was, uh, that lifted me slightly, right. That at least the venues are opening up in, in the States in which that they're being responsible about it. So, um, so we're doing a few of the graduations out in Vegas at the uh, Las Vegas Motor Speedway and having all the graduates drive the finish line, basically, oh. and handed their diploma. Hey, I have a question for the Vegas guys. So, you know, your, your governor sort of follows along with our governor. Is there any fear that you guys are going to get extended or are the casinos still going to open at the end of the month? I mean, it sounds like they're coming towards the end of the month. That's the internals I've heard. Um, official, the official word is that it's part of phase two. Yeah. And that phase two is currently set to start on, the, on May 30th, June 1st, whatever that, I think May 30th is the last day of phase one. Approximately four or five days prior to that, the governor is set to uh, reevaluate where we are to see if we can go earlier than that. And of course, through that evaluation, if it goes the other way, if it needs to be extended. There you go. Authorized phase two. So are they taking hotel reservations right now? They're taking hotel reservations for, uh, yeah, I think for Memorial Day weekend. Is that, I think that fits. Into I think that they, there's a few of them that still have Memorial Day up. Yeah. The wind has Memorial Day up. Yeah. Yeah, it's been it, it's it's very it, they're they're hell bent on it, but they're also very pragmatic. At least, I mean, when when you're having internal conversations with some of the higher ups, um, they, they're all very pragmatic about the fact that none of it means shit if California is not opening or allowing their people to leave. So basically, if we can't get Californians into Vegas. It's just not worth it because you know the East Coast's not going to come, and the longer it goes, the harder it is for uh, fi financially for people to come for extended travel. Whereas Californians can just drive in, and it's rather easy and, and inexpensive. Um, so it's 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 very dependent on California as far as they're concerned, and then from uh, an overall financial standpoint, people like. Uh, Matt Maddox at Wynn and, and Shelly Adelson with Venetian Palazzo and, and Marina Bay Sands and things. They're looking at this more of a, a global issue and their Vegas properties only represent approximately 10% of their global revenue because the pri primary revenue comes out of Macau. So 
they're really not looking to stir pots over Las Vegas and they don't want to dick around. It's the smaller companies or, uh, or a company like MGM, which doesn't have major presence in the uh, Asian markets that are really pushing it harder than everybody else. What's going on in Macau, Pat? Is, are, you know, is, are there any, is there anything open globally from a gaming perspective? I actually haven't looked at Macau. I don't, I don't Macau know where... is open, but it's very limited, and they haven't been allowing a lot of people into Macau. <clears throat> um, I think that's your bigger issue, is, is, is any travel with mainland China and Hong Kong, even getting out of Hong Kong is a pain in the ass for a lot of people right now. Um, you know, because you obviously have to take the ferry over and, and leave there. And Hong Kong's got, it's, it's such a fucking hotbed of, of bullshit right now on top of the the coronavirus issue you have all of the pro-democracy riots that are going on it's just it, it's a lot of turmoil in that area um that's not doing any favors for any of these casino companies yeah you guys hear universal starting to open soon yeah i heard that that's huge i mean that is going to be a Isn't big Shanghai open, I believe. The what? Uh, Disney in Shanghai. Yeah, that yes. one's open already. Yeah. But here yeah. in the U.S., I think 30 percent capacity. Yeah. yeah. So you can that's actually better than zero. So you can so you, actually get on a ride now. That's, yeah. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, that's that, that's all that. That's 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 a Tuesday afternoon in you know December. <clears throat> but the thing is, you know, Disney, Universal, et cetera, they need to, if, if they open at 25 or 30 percent capacity, they need to maintain their lights and sound. They need to upgrade their lights and sound. They need to keep that stuff moving, whether they're at 30 percent or 100 percent of capacity. So I think from a you know supplier and rental company and all of those things standpoint, that's a good thing, whether they open at. 20% or 100%. It doesn't matter to us. Yeah, both Disney you know? and uh, Universal in California have been doing like upgrades and maintenance while this whole thing's been going. Yeah. So they've, they've been like working like crazy. Same with schools, churches, you know, colleges, etc. They've all been pretty busy. Marcel, do you have any view to these uh, countless ships parked off the coast? Where you're at? I don't, but I'm sure someone does. Yeah, I've I mean, just I seen pictures and it's it's just surreal to see so many boats just parked. Well, I've read some articles. It's got a lot to do with uh, repatriating people, you know. So, depending on the cruise line, they're either from the Czech Republic or they're from Philippines or they're from Romania or they're from wherever. So it's it's got to do with. Um, you know, immigration, basically. And, you know, you can't just bring them and put them in the United States because they're really not allowed to be here. And so, yeah, it's a, it's a complicated problem. I read an article about it yesterday because what's happening is people like from Romania and stuff are jumping overboard on ships, you know, trying to swim to shore or whatever so that they can get off the damn ship and try and get to land and they're dying. Which well, they're, they're having U.S. Thing. citizens do that. You know, they're, in Long Beach, they're having problems with that. People have jumped overboard to get off the ship. Jesus. Crazy. 
we just had like in Canada, they had um, just a dozen or so people that were repatriated just in the last few days from a few of these ships and it took them eight weeks to get off these ships. They spent eight weeks on these ships. It was crazy. Yeah. No, it's, that's a very sad thing. I mean, when you've got someone who works on a cruise ship and all they're trying to do is get home, it's, it's, uh, it's a pretty sad thing. They still, is it just crew that are on these ships or is it passengers? Still? Well, I think the one that Greg is talking about is crew. Yeah. I mean, I think Claudette was talking about passengers, but Greg well, was no, talking about crew. I'm yeah. talking about crew as well. Ours oh, really? Crew. Yeah, ours huh. is crew as well. Yeah. I didn't know we still employed North American people on cruise ships. Yeah, I thought it was all yeah. either Asian or Eastern European. Well, luckily, most of the crew on the lighting side, you know, is in audio is, is still, I think, North America based guys. So that's wow. That's yeah. Huh. Unfortunately, they're not working, but. Yeah. yeah, that's another that's a head scratcher. I mean, the fact that cruise lines think that they can get back to work as quickly as they can. I don't know. You know, I, I, I'm actually a pretty brave person as far as I'll go out. Like I'd go to a show, you know, next month, if somebody said, uh, you know, we're going to be in town next month and we've got so-and-so here or whatever, and it's going to be 30% capacity or something. I'd go to the show. I wouldn't have a problem with that, but I don't know that I'd go on a cruise next month. I actually, I do know that I wouldn't go on a cruise next month. So, well, I mean, that's there are people that are diehard cruisers. Like they'll go on six or eight cruises a year, and if they can get on a cruise ship for two hundred and fifty bucks for a week, they're going to do it. Every all well, expenses included, and everything. worse than that, there's cruise condos. Like you can live on a cruise ship now. So a lot of these these people who are you know, in their 70s or 80s, and they're really wealthy, you can buy a condo on a cruise ship and just live on a cruise ship and cruise all year. Yeah, there was a cruise no. ship called The World that you could buy a unit on. Right. Hi, Dave. Nice hey, to buddy. see you, Dave. Hockey soon, 24 teams in Canada, two cities. <laughs> what? When's their hockey? I'll call you after and explain to you. I talked to Mark today. Well, I want to know. Tell us all. When are we going to see hockey? So they're saying mid-July. They're opening up camps June 1st. Everybody's going to start going into Canada June 1st. All the players will be quarantined for 14 days. They're going to basically do two 12-team tournaments in two Canadian cities because it's cheaper to do it in Canada than it is the U.S. because of the exchange rate. So they're going to do two round-robin tournaments to get to the playoffs and then do playoffs in Stanley Cup, but it'll all be Canadian-based. Over the summer. Yep. That's going to be nutty. Yeah. Well, it's because so how do you know if you're so how do you know if you're in the playoffs or not? It's the Is top that this round top robin thing or whatever. Teams, top 12 teams will be in the in the tournament and whoever wins how they're setting it up will go into the playoffs. So are any of my teams in then, David? I haven't even looked at standings. Yeah. But neither. the problem is with the NHL is that if they don't complete the complete this, the players have to give back 500 million dollars. That's a bit of cash. Yeah. So, I mean, so you're saying like a March Madness of uh, hockey. hockey. Yeah, that's that what it'll be. Fun. be. But it'll be yeah, I mean, that's one of the biggest bummers for me because this is usually my favorite time of year. Like April when hockey playoffs start, 
every night I'm watching hockey from, you know, seven o'clock at night until midnight or whatever, five different games, just flipping back and forth to all these games and texting with Ambrosio. Hey, you know, but yeah, I miss it big time. Hey, can I put a question out to everybody? Cause I'm here in Chicago. I know Tyler Roach is here in Chicago and I've been having these discussions with people about how everything is closed down. Like we can go to the home Depot. We can go to the grocery store. You know, we can go out as long as we wear our masks and things. Is it same deal in all these other places or is it more restricted? Can anybody else kind of give me some insight? Pretty much. Hollywood, Florida is in Los Angeles. Yeah. Hollywood, Florida is about the same too. Yeah, Long Beach, we can do whatever the hell we want. In Houston, nobody's wearing a mask at all. That's the problem. I can tell you when I was up in Toronto, most of most everything was curbside pickup. You called in to your Home Depot, ordered what you wanted, and you showed up. And picked it up. In, in New York, you can go to a Home Depot. You can walk down the street. You just got to wear a mask. Yeah, same as yeah, and restaurants and bars are actually Cuomo allowed bars to do to-go drinks. So you can actually now drink on the street if you want to. You go to a lot in LA. Matt, do you find that there's lines to get into like Home Depot or the Lowe's or those kinds of stores? Because they're limiting access down here to so many people at a time. Yeah, yeah, there are, but the lines, usually you stand in a line six foot distance for about 10 minutes and you're in. Same thing at the grocery stores. Today, I went grocery shopping for the first time. I didn't wait in the line, I went right in. Um, I think people kind of get that, the routine now. And uh, everyone's really cool about it. The one thing that's great about New Yorkers are we're like resilient to this stuff. So like we're very, we're able to like roll with the punches. And there are people that, that are fighting about, you know, having to be stuck inside and not working but the majority of new yorkers are like we got to do this for the betterment of our you know the greater good well as someone who was in new york for 9 11 i found the silence of 9 11 the one thing that stuck with me the longest and i cannot imagine i mean i was in the city on the 12th of march when everything shut down and flew back down here the next day and and it's literally been quiet since then. I, I can't imagine it was like by by day three after 9-11, everything south of 34th Street, between 34th and 14th Street pretty much opened up um, by the third or fourth day. I can't imagine this many weeks. It must be very Twilight Zone-ish, Matt. Yeah, my I had a friend send me a video from uh, Washington Square Park and literally not a car, not a person, not a homeless person. You can only hear birds. That's it. And it was yeah, like eight o'clock at night. It was creepy. Occasionally on the news, they'll give us a clip of Times Square and there's a mounted police person or in one of the clips I saw the naked cowboy, the, 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 street, uh, the street minstrel. Do you know who I'm talking about? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah there was one picture that got spread on <laughs> Times Square. Him? And one taxi, that was it. Mark, a couple weeks ago, I took a ride through Times Square. Sorry? A couple weeks ago, I took a ride through Times Square. I was bored, had to get out of the house, took a ride to the city. I went from 57th Street to the Holland Tunnel, which is 70 blocks, 60 blocks. I never went below 30 miles an hour. Wow. And that was like a Tuesday in the middle of the day. Yeah, that doesn't happen. 
I went yeah. to Astoria, like Astoria Park where I live to Times Square, and it took me like 12 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I went to the Christie Light shop the other day. It was like an hour and 10 minutes. Normally, it's like two and a half, three hours from my house. I found this week down here, traffic has almost doubled locally from what it was last week. Um, I think people are getting a little antsy also. You can tell you, hi guys. Aloha from Hawaii. Aloha. Uh, hey, Bob. Technically, we're, at, we're under uh, close down until the end of the month, but shopping centers are reopening on the weekend. So <laughs> definitely things in conflict here. Uh, yeah. I was late today because I actually went to a site inspection for a show that I might or, uh, to light a building this weekend. So good. Wow. There's something. I'll let you guys know. That's awesome. Good luck. I listened to your David Davidian uh, interview the entire way, though. I had a good time. Thanks. Yeah. David's such a great guy. He really is. I mean, I don't know that I know many people who are more humble than him. He's just like, yeah, it's just a job. <laughs> you know, it's just a job. And I mean, you look at his resume and you're like, what? <clears throat> but yeah. My favorite David Davidian story is we, uh, we were doing Bon Jovi and the uh, follow spot operator. Uh, he was on a trust spot, a backlight and managed to, uh, well, he likes to pull on things. And on a different occasion, he unscrewed the knob for the iris, you know, for the shutter, I think. <laughs> He's pretty notorious and he managed to unplug it. He was swinging around in his chair and unplugged his headset. And so he, he was the last one in line. And then he started like anticipating his own cues and you could see him up there bopping his head, trying to anticipate when he ought to be on. And oh my God. Totally deadpan, David Davidian on, on the headset goes, if I had a shotgun, I'd take him out. <laughs> well, hearing David talk about the Monsters of Rock thing, that was crazy. Oh I mean, how badly that went, you know? The fact that he couldn't even use this massive stage and, I mean, it was just like a horror show, complete horror show. Roel. Give him a wake up call. Yeah, I was doing some, um, some, some work. Eh? Some work. Yeah. How are you? Somebody called out Europeans earlier and you didn't answer. Yeah, I was, was busy. Um, we're doing fine. We're doing fine. Uh, working hard but um well you had no revenue before this happened so nothing's also, changed for, for me, you for me it doesn't change a lot uh yeah. but the funding um market is differently at the moment uh right, and we had an opportunity with which we jumped on but i can't not elaborate for the moment about that but it will come in yeah in a month or so we will come out with it good Trying to keep it so. positive. Yeah. Yeah, it's, that's the thing, is uh, just trying to keep positive. I mean, I wake up every morning thinking, what the hell is going on? Like, I keep expecting I'm going to wake up and it's over. You know, it's gone and everything's back to normal. But it doesn't happen like that. Yeah, indeed. We will so see. Emily, there's, there's an interesting word. Yeah, Emily. I was telling you on your uh, on Facebook. I was telling you about this gimbal thing that um, yes. DJI, whatever the hell it's called. I actually bought one, so they're on sale right now for like eighty nine dollars, and it's is like it just the, for iPhones or like normal cameras too. It's for an iPhone. It's right here. This oh, is what okay. it looks like. 
They're 89 bucks. It is amazing. It's so easy to use. It's totally is that amazing. Osmo? Yeah. I, I, use a, I use a Canon, so I don't know how easy I'd be able to find well, it. I have that one enough. too. I have that one okay. too. That's right here. But oh, nice. this one, it's like too complicated and stuff, yeah. you know? So it just sits here and looks pretty while I'm on a podcast or something. This one I, I actually I feel like a 35 millimeter, like full body, like DSLR. Yeah. Well, you even need a bigger one than that then yeah. probably. So Justin used I mean, that to film some of our, our comedy YouTube crap and they're great. Yeah. It's, it's so it's easy amazing. to use. I'm blown away by it. I mean, I, I think I literally paid like 85 bucks for it or something. Yeah, and right. I'm blown away by how cool it is. It, oh, yeah, really it makes some really cool stuff. Yeah. yeah. I just yeah, got well, a new my son's Wacom got tablet like the, today, so. A what? A new Wacom tablet for drawing and stuff and graphic oh, art stuff, so. Fancy. Yeah, I'll have to add the, the gimbal to my toy list. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think this thing's totally cool. On that I don't know what I'm going to do with it. Does anybody have anything to report like that are that are good deals right now? I'll, I'll tell you a funny story. I went to finally I uh, my wife, my kid needed a bicycle and we're riding every night. And I kept telling my wife, just wait, the prices will go down. Actually, bicycles went up in price. The yeah, guy turned, I was going to say more. that. Because yeah, we couldn't, I, there was two bicycles, the one we wanted in all of Los Angeles. So I had to drive, you know, 35 miles to get it. But you know, I am Which is looking so strange. Like gas is at a, a you know twenty year low or something, and bicycles are the hot item. Yeah. Doesn't make yeah, any sense. Gyms are all closed. Nobody can go to the gym work out, so they're all buying yeah. bikes. That's right, right. It's true. But yeah. Has well, anybody actually, got a tip on uh, on good deals out there on on anything that they've? Uh, I up? I was thinking of on the sorry on the topic of bicycles. I was thinking of buying one of those Peloton things. You know which I'm not going to, but I, um, you know, I did a ton of research on it and then I went, yeah, I really want one. So I went on the Peloton site and it's like a 10 week delay or something. You can't get one delivered until, you know, July or whatever. So I went, okay, good. You know, I'm an impulse buyer. If I can't get it till July, I'll come back in July. I don't I have no interest today. So plus it looks really hard. So I kind of talked myself out of it. You know, start like who the, really wants to try mirror. and keep up with those people? Start with the mirror, yeah. Listen, when you're 55 and a little overweight, the last thing you want is a friggin' mirror. You know, I don't want to be jumping around in front no, of a no, mirror. No. The, the mirror is, uh, it's a thing that hangs on your wall. It's a mirror until you turn it on and then it gives you access to workouts and everything. Hey, Greg, I get it. I understand what the mirror thing is, but do you really want to work out in front of a mirror? I don't. I just don't, you know, I mean, if I looked like the people on the mirror, maybe I'd want to work out in front of a mirror. Good I don't point. look like that. Good point. Good point. saying. <laughs> you do look like the people on the mirror. It's the concept of a mirror. It's just a different mirror. I'm on the scary mirror. <laughs> fun. It's a fun. the only person with a fun house mirror in his living room. I have a scary, scary mirror. All right. Everyone's ditching us now. So I think it's probably time to go, right? Anyone have anything funny to say before we sign off here? Come on, guys, man. you got anything? You got anything you want to say? Don't <laughs> <laughs> listen to them. That's so funny. Patrick, you definitely yeah, win the background of the year. Yeah, those guys, I mean, been, they've been talking shit about you this whole time, Pat. They're dicks. It's totally dicks. But they're a little repetitive. After an yeah. hour, they get a little repetitive. Pat. It's, yeah, very much like myself. They're kind of a one-trick pony. <laughs> totally true.
totally true. A little creepy. Thank you, guys. All right. Hey, it's been, been fun, fun as always. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great week, everybody. Have a great week. See y'all next week. Sweet, sweet child.